Welcome to Grace Extended, a podcast from Grace Church of Ridgewood, where we equip the church by discussing how what we believe affects how we live. To find out more about Grace Church, go to gracechurchnj.net. Welcome back to the Grace Extended Podcast. I'm Steve Polanin, a member at Grace Church in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and joining me is Senior Pastor Aaron Syvertson. Today, we continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit, and our fifth topic is kindness. This is number five, huh? So we're past the halfway point now. Yeah, I, was, uh, I wasn't sure if I should include the who is the Holy Spirit episode as one of our mm. series, but then I fig- figured I should just do the numbers of the... Because people fruit. know the fruits, yeah. The so actual fruit. The fruit. Fruits. All right. Yeah. All right. So it's kindness. Um, and I don't have any kind of fancy opening question for you. We're just going to jump right in. Um, God's kindness is the first kindness, I thought. And I know in the patience episode, we talked about our first character to show kindness in the Bible, or show patience in the Bible was God. And I went the same place here. Uh, almost for the, kind of the same reasons. Um, but an th- interesting thing, I don't know, what do you think? Could we could we say that grace and kindness are at least closely related? I don't know if we could say that they're the same thing. But like I'm thinking like it's favor. Like So grace is favor when we don't deserve it, mm. right? So I feel like kindness is the same thing. I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, I think in general, and I'm not dodging your question, but you know, one thing yeah, I've sure. found in doing these uh, through the spirit is how one related all these things are, you know, and I'm becoming more convinced even as we're doing this, that like Paul was very, I think, intentional with these words and because they really are very much in the same family and, and, and just what a time to be doing a series on the fruit of the spirit and just the state of what our world is in, you know, and, and now we're doing these kind of episodes kind of in a vacuum, but everyone's listening to them in the sense of, in the midst of a global pandemic, you know, where things were getting better. And now as we sit in the middle of summer, things just seem to be getting worse across the country. Um, we're in a very politically divisive time and year, and that's going to just continue to pick up over these next three months. And so it's, it's, is it fair to say that it's never been more challenging for the church to show the fruit of the spirit? Maybe than it isn't right now. And at the same time, never before have we had such an opportunity to be the church who models the fruit of the spirit than we do right now. And so I've just been personally challenged by that. And in each of these words kind of like hit me in those ways of like, you know, like you, we, we don't have to do the hard work of applying this to people's life. You know, like we, we don't have to take any time today to convince people like kindness matters. But, right. um, but that is a, I mean, it's, it's such a, um, it's such a broad topic, but important one, one that I think even non-Christians can observe because right morality is written on our hearts and God has kind of wired us to want to be drawn to kindness or to people who are kind. Um, so that kind of as a, as a preface, but so related to grace, yes, I think kindness and grace, um, you know, God's grace reveals the, you know, his kindness and, towards sinners, um, towards people who don't deserve it. And so, uh, if, if they're not first cousins, they're at least first cousins once removed. I mean, we're like, we're, (laughs) we're, we're pretty close in the family tree here for sure. (laughs) Definitely. All right. So yeah, because I, I, when I thought about this, I, I jumped to a verse, which I think also has patience in it. Um, 
I wrote it down somewhere in my notes, but since I can't remember it right now, but thinking that like God's, um, God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. Yeah. That's right. And so, yeah. And then, um, also I think another, maybe it's a different verse that, um, some, uh, God showed his kindness by passing over former sins. Right. Which is also like the fact that he, not that he didn't acknowledge them, but that he was patient and waited through them, did not give the wrath then. Um, And this is all from, I think those are all verses from Romans talking about how um, Jesus is now taking the payment for that sin. So I thought, when I thought of God's kindness, I thought of grace, right? Which is favor when we don't deserve it. And then what I just talked about, which I think the Bible uses the word forbearance as in he passed over former sins. Yeah. Um, And that that's all meant to lead us to God, that we would turn from our sin and go to God. Um, but that unfortunately, and although these verses are here for this, un- un- unfortunately, people see God's kindness and his forbearance as God's not there. So this sin is okay. Yeah. Or what worse is that God's okay with what I'm doing. Right. Because if he wasn't okay with what I'm doing, bad things would happen in my life, or I would have been struck by lightning by now. Yeah. That's just the, you know. That's a visual I have, but like, I think that's a couple episodes in a row. You've talked about I was getting struck by lightning. <laughs> I think you had like a bad dream, you know, recently or something. <laughs> it affected me for weeks. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, I think Paul, you know, that that's what Paul is hitting at when he's talking in Romans chapter two about how, you know, that it's, in, it's God's kindness that leads to present uh, repentance. And he's really um, in this, in that passage, rebuking Jews who were approaching kind of sin in that way. Like, Oh, he, you know, he doesn't really care. You know, we're God's chosen people. You know, he's just going to kind of overlook it. And so he wrote in that verse, he goes, um, you know, uh, do you not know, let me find it. Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead to repentance, but because of your hard and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So it's kind of like wow. one of those things in the Bible, you have like a really often quoted verse, but nobody quotes the verse after it, you know, <laughs> like, uh, cause all of a sudden it makes little people uncomfortable. Yeah. But he's basically saying like, are you just presuming on God's kindness? Like kindness is not that God is weak or God is just doesn't care or he can't do anything about it. You know, he, it's his kindness that's leading to want you to repent, to see the evil rebellion of your sin. And if, and, and if you just presume on his kindness that you just deserve it and it's just a given for you, well, then, you know, you're going to have, you know, you're storing up wrath for yourself because you're, you're not, that kindness has not led to repentance. It's just led to you continuing in your rebellion. So I I think there's, 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 there's a certain fierceness to God's kindness that often does not get associated with the word kindness. Mm. You know, if we're honest, it's kind of a, weak it can be seen as a weak attribute right like if somebody's kind you know like it i don't know I don't, how many people in reality really want to be known to be kind it's like good but i think a lot of people are like eh, it's, you know it's kind of a meek kind of soft attribute you know whereas in the reality of it and, and god models it it's it's a strong attribute to be kind and and not easy hmm. I've heard kindness described as um, like in school and talk about it with kids. I think I've heard kindness described as something you choose to do um, when 
you would maybe not want to be. Like you would want to be more tough, right? You want to be tough on somebody or you want to seek revenge. Um, but instead you're showing them kindness. So it's this intentional thought of not doing, yeah, like the strong thing or the tough thing. Um, yeah, I definitely think kindness is not really associated with being being tough or like, you know. Um, but you do need like a really thick skin to actually yeah. be genuinely kind. Yeah. Um, because it's I think, I don't know, from personal experience, it's way easier to not be kind. Yeah. It's much easier to act in wrath or anger. Yeah. Or retribution. Or to be selectively kind, right? It's oh, yeah. To, to be kind to the people that you think deserve it or that or that agree with you or who treat you a certain way. I think kindness maybe really gets tested when uh, it's not our initial desire to be kind. Um, can I share my favorite quote on kindness? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not All the right. place for that. No, I'll, you can go. I'll do it on my okay. other podcast. I changed okay. my mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's from a woman called, uh, she's an author. She's now a professor at, um, I think, Southeastern in um, Wake Forest. Uh, it's a seminary. Her, her name's Karen Swallow Pryor. She wrote a book called On Reading Well. She wrote this. Um, kind comes from the same root word from which we get the word kin. To be kind, then, is to treat someone like they are family. To possess the virtue of kindness is to be in the habit of treating all people as if they were family. Wow. From the moment I read that quote, it totally just changed my, my again, saw how strong of a word kind is and how, how strong of a virtue kindness is and how it just, it's, it's treating all people, not just the people you like, not just the people that you think deserve it, but treating all people as if they were family. And, and in that way, loving your neighbor as yourself, who's your neighbor, right? Anybody you come across, you know, that the, the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, like the, there's, there's no limit on neighbor. It's neighbors, anybody you come across, regardless of their, how different they are, their political views, their religious views, and getting in the habit of treating all people as if they're a family. Uh, for me, that just showed how deep the word kind is. It's not just this childish virtue we teach first graders and then stop thinking about later in life yeah and we're probably gonna come back to that because that's huge and i think um thinking about god's kindness too a god is very kind to people and in particular um this is now this is now open to all people in in christ but god reaching out to his people who keep turning away from him so his people keep um you know, like even, even Adam and Eve, right? So they, he, it seemed like what he said was that they were going to die like immediately if they had disobeyed his command. But even then he was gracious to them and kind yeah. to them in that like they were not immediately killed, but sent away. Yeah. And that, that death would, they would experience, but it was delayed. And then he clothed um, them, right? He, yeah. Animal sacrifice. He gave them their first set of set of threads. He did. Yeah. He did a whole episode's worth of stuff. We have to go back <laughs> and talk about. Um, and I have a lot of examples. I'm not going to run through them all, but if you can see this um, um, trend throughout the narrative of the Bible, where God's people turn away and God does not need to be kind to them. Yeah. God makes promises to them that he, is that 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 he sticks with even when his people don't stick with them. Right. And I think and he does 
I mean, not to, I don't want to take, you know, God and fit him into this quote, but I think that it does fit together in some way um, in that, like they, he refers to his people as his people yeah. and he is their God. Yeah. And I'm, you know, these things might happen, might, you know, these bad things might happen to you because, um, you know, you have, you've disobeyed me, but I'm going to keep my promise to you and you will be, I will be your God and you will be my people. Right. So there's that familial aspect to it, even though, you know, we're not family with God, like we're family with people here, but um, yeah, it's rooted in covenant love, right? Like that, that's God establishing a covenant is, um, you know, and, and then legislating that covenant through the law in the old Testament is, is, um, it's not just this dry set of rules, God's covenant. It, it's it's rooted in a foundational of I'm choosing you, I'm pursuing you, even though I know you're going to mess up, I'm, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful, and that's why our wedding vows sound like they, the way they do in wedding ceremonies. You know, wedding vows are covenant language uh, for richer, for poorer, you know, in sickness and health. Um, it, it's this saying, I'm here, I'm going to be here no matter where life, you know, life takes us. And it's not a, if you do this, then I'll do that. And if you do this, I'll do that. If, if that's contract language, if we heard that in a wedding ceremony, we'd be like, uh, <laughs> not sure they're going to make it. Um, <laughs> but you know, but we, it's covenant and ultimately Garrett, God and stayed in marriage because that's a, that's a all, all comes from the same source of covenant love and yeah, he models the best. I was thinking too um, about kindness in the world because I think it's really, um, even though it's um, it's popular to teach kindness. I yeah. think that's what I'm what I'm what I'm going towards here because I'm an elementary school teacher, so it's really big in school, and it's great to be a part of that. There's really nothing wrong with um, teaching kindness in a secular way, also. Um, but there's also I think some things that are missing. Uh, like in, in to be kind to someone in the world is sort of like to kind of leave them to their own d- desires. Mm. Right. So, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying button to everybody's business, you know, yeah. but there's something different with going to the Bible where there's like, you know, not so much a code of conduct, but there are things that please God and that do not please God in our behavior and in our choices. Whereas in the world, it's kind of like, well, kindness means that I would never, ever speak into someone else's life, you know, if they didn't ask me to, right. You know, or, um, you know, our kindness is sort of based off our own truth. So it's more subjective and it's not based off God's truth. Um, so again, not to say like, Hey, it's really, you'd be really kind to just go and tell everybody what they're doing wrong. That would not be really kind. Um, but when you feel a spirit leading you to do that. You know, there are, the Bible does talk about, you know, um, keeping people accountable um, for their sin Um, might not be the best way to evangelize, but it definitely within the church to be kind is sometimes to have a difficult conversation that might not be, you know, uh, the most comfortable conversation. I think kindness kind of like, you know, um, might worldly kindness might like pad people a little too much from the truth mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a great point. And I, and how 
worldly kindness is framed in this sense of every, everybody have their own path and their own truth and don't don't try to do anything to persuade them from that path. Um, but then the world contradicts itself in the sense where world would agree it's not loving if somebody you see is caught in addiction and ravaging their own body or abusing somebody else that it's not kind to just allow them to continue abusing somebody because that's right. their truth in their world. Mm-hmm. Then they say, no, they should be held to account. There should be justice, right? So the world has this contradiction. Like, well, which one is it? Do you leave, let everybody decide for themselves or should you have you know, certain things in place where it would be loving to step in and kind to step in? Um, again, because if you see somebody in trouble in your family, the most loving thing to do is to inter- intervene, not let them be. And I think that ultimately, like you said, is rooted from a biblical mindset. Like if God's establishing what's right and what's wrong, then it is the most loving and kind thing for us to do to interact with others and share with others and be honest and vulnerable about our own mistakes with others related to God's framework of how the world should work. And that's that's the big divide between um, the church and the world. Yeah. It just shows, and I, yeah, it shows that there just has, there, there is a standard of truth. You know, that that there is a reference point that we all use, whether we're believers or unbelievers, to um, define then kindness. Yeah. Um, so, and sometimes, you know, we, we hope as believers that our standard of truth is staying firm to what God says, and we try mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but then, yeah, like, like you said, the contradiction happens because the standard of truth that worldly kindness could, could be based off of is shifting. Mm-hmm. So like some, so like sometimes, oh man, that's inner truth. There it is. And we're all going to agree with it. And other times it's like, oh, actually it doesn't really matter. And you're like, yeah. but, you know, so um, yeah, I think we often rail against like the secular mindset and it's yeah. like, I think there's more than one. Mm-hmm. There isn't, there might, so, sometimes you can see it. Like there is the pillar of truth that's, that, that the um, secular world looks at as their, you know, moral guideline yeah that line kind of not always in the same spot yeah so um that's a good point yeah anyway so let's we move on to uh how are we called to be kind yeah we know we know how god is kind uh, but how are we called to be kind yeah well and and i think that's i think this is a great question because i think kindness is one of those things that we keep it very much in the uh not, not like really trying to applying it to, okay, what's it look like for a person to be kind? You know, we can keep it very general. And especially from a biblical worldview, like we, you know, the, the, the church probably can, will define kindness like the world often would of like just being nice, which is a, is a subjective evaluation of somebody. But if you were to say like, you have somebody who's showing the fruit of the spirit of kindness, what is it about them that would make you say that? Um, And I just, I asked that question knowing personally, my, my first thought is like, well, they're, they're a nice person. Like, well, you know, like what's, let's go deeper than that. What's, so what, what, what's, I have a couple of thoughts, but what would you say is this person is showing the fruit of the spirit of kindness? When I think of a picture of, of that, I'm thinking, I think I'm thinking of someone who's thoughtful. So maybe um, just maybe just think of an example in your life. I'm trying to think of one of mine where uh, maybe someone's providing something for you without your, without you asking for it. Um, just, just in order to 
like for no other reason than they were thinking of you. They're looking out for you. And they yeah. were looking at, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're looking out for you. Almost like, you know, thinking of like the, that really nice grandparent or person who serves that sort of position in, in your life. Um, I guess, I don't know, it's often the grandparents we think of who are the most thoughtful for yeah. us. Um, like, yeah, someone who's looking out for you and who knows things about you and sort of acts on that without you explaining it to them. Mm. There's obviously other ways to be kind, but that's that's kind of my thought. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Um, my one big thought is, and it's probably related to yours, is um, showing genuine interest in other people's lives. I think you can really tell, and this is something I strive for, and I don't, I don't think, I, I think I have a lot of room to grow in it, of being interested in other people and other people's lives, even if it has nothing to do with your interests. Like you're interested in them because they are, you know, um, in Philippians 2, when Paul says, put the interests of others before yourselves, I don't think that's just in the sense of doing what other people want to do, but being attentive to what makes other people tick. What do people love? And I, you know, one thing I love passionate people, even if it's in things that I'm not passionate about, you know? So if it's somebody who somebody loves gaming or somebody loves hunting or somebody loves fishing, those are all things I don't love. But if I, if I'm in a conversation with somebody who loves it and they're into it, like I'm interested and I want to, and I'll ask questions and I'll, I'll want to know more about it. Not because I ever want to do it. I just want to hear from them. Like what, you know, why, why, why are their affections so stirred for it? And so I, I know, I feel like I can notice that. And I think it is noticeable in others that they're just, they're all in on a conversation they're having with somebody. Like, it's not just a small talk of like, you know, and as somebody's talking, I'm just kind of fading out and I'm just, you know, thinking about ways I can pivot out of this conversation, but somebody who's just attentive, making eye contact, like, you know, just not looking at their phone. They're just, they want to enter your world. They want to know what makes you go. And they're really interested in that. I think that's a form of kindness. That's a form of you care about this and I care about you. So I want to care about what you care about or, or show that interest. And, and then with that, show compassion when things are, when there's a struggle, when there's somebody's going through a hard time that you have no relation to, or maybe even experience with but you really want again, enter their world and mourn with them. Um, I, I, it's hard to articulate, but I feel like you can sense it in somebody and you can sense it in people when they do it to others too, that there's just people who just love people, love hearing other people's thoughts and words. Like that's something that I continually want to strive for. And I think about that in the context of a church again. And yeah, I think we talked about this in one of the previous episodes. The most common thing about us is Christ. So that should, you know, that, that is going to be the fuel of a lot of our conversations, hopefully. But we are so different in every other way. It's actually better if a church is way different beyond its love for Christ, because it shows this unity in the midst of all this diversity and all these other areas that I want to show interest in that. And uh, you, you can go down the line. I'll stop talking here in a second, but you go down the line of like applications. Like, you know, we, we've talked a lot about racial reconciliation, right? And understanding the black experience in America. I don't know that experience. I have none with it, but I want to be interested in it. I want to hear, you know, when Scotty Holloway shared his experience of him and his father and his son that they've had, 
growing up in the deep South, like I, I don't just want to give a non-attentive ear to that. I want to be very invested and interested in that, enter that world because hopefully that being a, a sign of God working in me and us that we're interested in other people, even if it's not related to us. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think it really definitely uh, falls under the, um, the call to treat all people like family, you know, like if you're, um, if you're visiting family that you haven't seen in a while, uh, if it's not your, like, like your immediate family in your house, usually what people talk about is, so what's been going on in your life? Yeah. And the, the family that you really feel close with are people that listen to you and ha- show a genuine interest in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and also on top of that, um, family or not, um, when they're genuinely interested in hearing, they're not evaluating like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's bad. You know, because then you feel like, oh, I'm just like, they're, they're just seeing if, if I fall into what they think is right and wrong. Yeah. So I, I think, I think what kindness, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to make a absolute statement here, but I think showing kindness is not, um, it, I can't think of a better word than, than evaluating. Mm what you're hearing or evaluating others, you know, because I think it's easy to see something and especially in our world. And especially when we're not really gathering together Mm -hmm. often in big, in big ways and having long conversations with with people. um, It's really easy for us to see something and immediately evaluate. That's good. That's bad. That's good for me. And you know, my belief system, that's bad for me and my belief system Um, instead of, listening, showing, showing kindness and being interested and, and also being patient tying in last week to being patient to form your final opinion on what you're hearing. So I think kindness kind of patiently waits to, you know, evaluate. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to listen first and then, you know, no, that's a good connection. Yeah. Kindness is very broad though. Like it's, it's, we're thinking of these ways, but I, I, I think none of the things that we have said so far is all of kindness. There's all of it, right? You know, this is just different ways it can be worked out. Yeah. Um, so uh, as we as we do, we're going to talk about how this works corporately and in, in the in the, the church body, which I think all the things we've already talked about do, um, because we should treat the people in the church like they're our family. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, there's a call in the book of Galatians where, where, where we find the fruit of the spirit um, to uh, we should be kind first to those within our church body, first and foremost, like not like, oh, OK, I'm not going to seek kindness with others. But if there's anybody I should be being kind to, it's people that I know are believers and that I worship with. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I I totally agree with that statement that it's not to say that you neglect the world, but that there is an order of importance, I think, in relationships of our life. And within the church, our first call in the church is to build one another up into the fullness of Christ. And Ephesians 4 talks about equipping, equipping one another um, for the work of the ministry. And I think kindness plays a big part in equipping. You you know, if if, if you remove uh, a level of kindness from doing ministry with one another, I think it's less joyful. I think it's less fruitful. I think that, and again, it's not a silver bullet method of if you do this and you're doing it kind, but it's almost something that's more caught than taught that you can kind of just sense, I think, a kindness amongst the people 
of people that are for one another, of people that treat each other as family. They're not just showing up at church, you know, together once in a while and uh, exchanging some pleasantries and going home and going to their real life and their real relationships. But there's a sense of like, these feel like frontline people together, like partners in the gospel. And I think um, you will be equipped if the person who's equipping you, you'll be equipped far better if that person who's equipping you is, is, is just shows a kindness in it. And, and I think that's why in the culture of a church, again, a culture can be good or it can be bad and it can over time get worse and over, over time get better. But the, model of the leadership of the church, the men and women who are leading in different various lanes. I think that's a, I think kindness flows down. And and if it's shown at the top amongst leaders, but then leaders to the rest of the church, I think that is a powerful witness and, um, you know, sh- should be seen and, and modeled in the church. Yeah. And I think this is all, yeah, for, for equipping too, but also for unity that we remember to um, keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm. Right. And I know we say things in church about, um, I always forget the words, but like sort of like the, is it primary, the primary things that we believe, or is it like, like, like essential, non-essential? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that yeah. means a whole new thing now. I know. We might, have to, <laughs> we might have to go reevaluate that membership class. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So I think the essential truths of the faith, mm. right. Um, uh, which are really based around the gospel, like who God is and how sure. we're saved and that Jesus is coming back and, you know, things that, um, without listing all of them, things that the Christian church has agreed with for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and any member of Grace Church would understand what I'm talking about. So um, we'll just say that for a different, uh, different podcast. Yep. So if you're unclear about that, check out our website. Um, nice. uh, so I think if we remember that those things are the most important things, um, it's really important to have the humility and the kindness to let other differences of opinion be, whether Mm -hmm. they're about theology or whether they're about politics or about uh, even about race. I don't want, I don't want to say, I mean, I'm not going to say like we should tolerate, you know, ongoing open racism, but that, we're, we have to acknowledge that if we're all seeking Christ and we are all being, uh, all having humility before him and before each other, that we can grow in all of these things and that we can talk about all these things without losing, without getting so angry about those differences that we lose unity over the really important things. Yep. So I didn't, I don't mean to like trigger, you know, by saying, race in there or anything but i guess what i'm saying is is that like people may say things you may hear things that you don't don't fully agree with and i think that should not be a place where we use where we lose unity in the body of christ we should be able to use that that unity to understand each other better and then grow you know to be more like christ through those things Yep. I think that's where kind of some patience interlock, you know, of like, so when we say non-essential things or secondary things, we don't mean not important. Right. We mean that, uh, you know, everybody's going to be at a different place than that. And everybody's not where we are currently. And to be patient with people to not, to say, no, not to say we're not going to address it, but that we're going to give people the opportunity and the runway to grow in these things, to learn, to educate, to see for themselves, go back to the Bible and check. And you know, that those are some areas that we're going to be a little more open-handed with. Yeah. 
And then our final segment, <clears throat> social media. I need like little headers, like social media. How can we demonstrate how we, you know, how we can be kind to each other on social media? And I think, you know, carrying over those things, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing on social media also. Um, and then I see you put also like giving people the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. seek to understand before we seek to uh, like undercut, right? People's, people's thoughts and opinions. Yeah. And I know we, we normally, and because of how divisive often social media is now, we often go to the negative aspects of social media in this segment. <laughs> it's true. But we, we, we could do, I mean, this, the idea of kindness on a positive side, we talk about being interested in one another. Social media is a great place to go see what people are interested in. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, that then could lead to conversations then at a later point, like, Hey, I saw you went on a fishing trip or I saw you went to, uh, you know, this uh, convention on this, you know, one topic or thing that, you know, I'd love to hear more about that. What, what got you into that? So I think it, it provides these touch points with people that you normally wouldn't have, uh, or you wouldn't know until for much further down the road if you're just waiting to stumble upon a conversation. So I think in, in that thing of, of using that as a platform to show, hey, these are things I am interested in, but also to go and see from others what are they interested in and show interest. And so I think there's there's a real level of kindness there. Um, and then where there is uh, potential for divisiveness of just in your own mind saying, I'm going to try and seek to understand where this person's coming from before I'm going to attack it or critique it or make a judgment that either leads to a comment or more often than not, not, but in my own mind, um, I'm making my judgment about that person as I scroll through, you know, this timeline that could be a real unhealthy practice. So, you know, withholding judgment before you seek to understand, I think that's a kind thing to do. And also knowing over technology, you don't have the benefit of in-person body language, of interest, of eye contact, of, you know, so everything's just on the words that you, or an emoji, you know, you put in there that, um, so tone matters, word choice matters. You got to be very attentive to those things that maybe you wouldn't need to be as attentive to if you're talking in person um, because by language can cover, get, provide you some cover, you know, or, or the way you say something doesn't sound the same in person as it does on the computer. So just being mindful of those things um, and being willing to uh, repent and apologize if after the fact you realize, you know what, that was not the most kind thing for me to do in that moment and having that humility. So those would be a couple of thoughts. Awesome. Well, it's been really great talking about kindness with you today. Uh, we'll be back with our next fruit of the spirit uh, next week. And um, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys then. You've been listening to Grace Extended, a podcast of Grace Church in Ridgewood, New Jersey. To find out more about Grace Church, go to gracechurchnj.net. If you got a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at gracenjpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week, and we look forward to seeing you then.